Hello, everybody. Welcome into Tricks and Picks, uh, episode 20. I'm here joined by uh, Andy Hopper, uh, a frequent guest and now father of two. Congratulations, buddy. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. First first podcast appearance, uh, Sans being a father of two. So this is a big one. And it's yeah, one it's, it's, a, it's a big podcast milestone and the big two O. It's episode 20. Uh, happy to be here, as always. Glad to be back. Um, excited to get into it. Yeah, yeah, it was a big week for betting. Um, you know, we have both the conference finals uh, for this week. Uh, it looked the Warriors Mavericks game had to have just started pretty recently. I haven't gotten a chance to watch it, obviously, because that was 28-22-20 Mavericks. All right, good. One, good. I have one one twenty five left in the first quarter. In a weird way, I'm another three. They're hitting their threes tonight. Twenty five twenty. Yeah, but I sorry to cut you off. <laughs> no, no. Um, the Mavericks are actually favored this game. They've been they like they were favored in Game Three as well, and I sh- I fucking I took the Mavericks in the over. Did not work out. I live bet the Mavericks again when I thought they were making a, a mini comeback. It was a classic fake rally, <laughs> and I mean, and now the Warriors have them by the balls in this series three L. Obviously, pending what happens tonight, the Mavericks look pretty solid so far they're actually knocking down threes they're not just relying on Luca to be Luca and then they I mean it's someone other than Spencer Dinwiddie can score the basketball tonight Reggie Bullock's not 0 for 10 Maxi Kleba seems to be uh willing to shoot uh <laughs> after we saw him just be like straight up afraid to shoot the basketball uh he was lacking so much confidence uh in game three um, but either way, I, it's just I, I don't know how the Mavericks come back from three zero against this Warriors team. It's just, here they are again, the the Warriors. They they're I mean, what 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 can you say about them? Steph looks like classic Steph. He's hitting every shot. Jordan Pools came out of the woodwork uh, and put together a great good. season. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is playing like a true number one pick uh, right now. They're getting a 21 and 10 game from Kevon Looney. Like, get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Um, it only so, took him, by the way, it only took him about eight years to play like a number one pick, by the way. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I mean, good for him. I, you know, I don't like rooting for guys to be bust. No, I, no. I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily call him a bust, but it's nice to see him kind of finally coming to his own. But it's pretty funny. It's speaking eight. of busts, low key. You know who the biggest bust in that draft was? It was Jabari Parker. Oh, for sure. I don't even know if he's he's not even in the league anymore. I don't know if he's in the league. That's how you know he's a bust. If you ask, is this guy yeah. still in the league, and you don't know the answer, that's how you know he's a bust. Yeah, he was one of the just all time. Had so much hype around him, but I mean, not everybody lives up to there the was hype. hype out of him. There was hype with him coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I remember that. There was hype. Chicago Simeon, he uh, yeah. was he was huge. Uh, he absolutely. Was in that uh, Simeon in that documentary about the guy, the uh, the basketball player who was killed. Ben, yeah, uh, ben, ben Benji Ben Wilson. Yeah. Um, I think when was, he was seventeen. Oh yeah. So yeah, I mean, as far as my bets go for this series, they haven't been great because I've taken the Mavericks. I think every game. <laughs> um, I just like rooting for the Mavericks for some reason. I, I like Luca a lot. I think he's really, I think he's really good. And if they just had like one more piece, like they don't have anybody on the inside that's worth a shit. Um, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm just not sold on, on Dwight Powell. And then the other two bigs, Bertans and Kleba are perimeter players that they, every time they're on the floor, they're basically, every, they're playing five out. Um, my bets for this series, I've had a couple parlays that have came Close. Um, I've been closer on the Heat and the Celtics. I hit Heat in the over in game one, which was nice. Uh, I turned around and took the Celtics in game two. It's just been like these. I mean, obviously, I love basketball. I love playoff basketball. But like these playoffs have just been it's just been blowout on one side, blowout on the other. Like, yeah, there has been more Game decided by 20-plus points than not. But here's the thing. When you're a gambler, you can live with that because your interests are a little bit different. Like, my interest is, like, how many threes is Luka Doncic going to hit? It doesn't matter if it's a 20-point game. I want Luka Doncic to finally hit that three. So, I don't know. I just can live with – when you gamble on the games, I can live with 20-point games. I I think that it makes those types of games bearable because your interests are different. Like, think about it. 
I mean, personally, I can say when it comes to the Warriors and Mavericks, I don't have much of a rooting interest for either team. I'm a Nick fan. They're on the other side of the country, whatever. Mm-hmm. It, but if I have, but when I bet on players, and I love doing these player prop bets, I've been doing a bunch of player parlays. Actually, I hit a pretty big one. It wasn't the parlay of the week, but last week I hit a pretty big one. I won, um, it was Luka Doncic over 31 and a half. It was the game on Thursday, I think it was, on uh, the 20th. So that was Friday, on Friday. Luka Doncic over 31 and a half. Luka Doncic over three and a half points, over three and a half threes. Steph Curry, 25 or more points. Steph Curry, three and a half uh, over three and a half threes and Golden State and the Golden State money line. I won ten dollars to win seventy seven. Nice. That was a pretty big one. And I mean, like it was just that whole game. I was just for the longest time, Luka Doncic only had three threes, and it felt like an eternity until he was finally going to take another one. I thought I was going to lose because he just wasn't going to take another three, and that was it. Because at one point in the third quarter, Luka Doncic didn't do much. The defense was really strong against him, and he really pulled back. He didn't shoot that many threes. But then, like, at the end of the game, he ended up hitting two more. So I was good. Yeah. So the only thing with blowouts is, like, yeah, you still have the rooting interests with, you know, the prop bets. But at a certain point, if you're betting on, you know, the main guys and it gets to be the third or the fourth quarter and they're one or two away and they get pulled because it's a 20-point game, like – that fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, although I will have to say a 20-point game, unless it's at the very end of the game, especially on for West Coast teams, is really not that much. I mean, a 20-point lead going into the fourth quarter, they usually would not pull their starters. Mm-hmm. That usually would not happen. Uh, I mean, if Golden State is down by 20 points going into the fourth quarter, I would I might take the money line. Like, that's how – I just don't think a 20-point lead at every point in the game is exactly what it once was. Sure. I mean, and we have seen some crazy comebacks uh, as well. I'm not saying at 20 points, but I mean, we've seen these games get up to 30 and sometimes 40, which is like when those last time you remember seeing uh, these kind of games in a playoff uh, scenario. But I mean, I'm not going to complain. It's still the NBA. I still love basketball, so I'm going to watch every second of it. Um, But as far as this series go, it's I just. I don't know. I mean, the Mavs may win tonight, but I think the Warriors come back and and, and take it on their home floor. I just don't see how they overcome a 3-0 deficit. Like, yeah, like a gentleman sweep or a sweep Mm -hmm. with an extra flight I can see happening. Yeah, gentleman sweep. Yeah, it seems most likely to happen. Uh, I also, by the way, if you feel bad about any of your bets, don't feel bad because I've done a bet like this more than once. But yesterday, and you can laugh at me, I did a parlay of Bam Adebayo to get eight or more rebounds, which – he didn't get, but you know, whatever. And Max Struess to hit three threes. Maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe I. Maybe I shouldn't have so much faith in Max Struess that I'm willing to bet money on this guy. Like, <laughs> maybe that's not exactly the smartest thing to do. Also, I had um, Jimmy Butler over. I had Jimmy Butler over twenty four and a half points. Yeah, I had him. In a, play. I had him in a parlay the game that he sat out the second half. Um, which it was like, I, I did take Tatum over points in that one too. No, I had Jimmy and Jason Tatum each 25 plus Jalen Brown, 20 plus. Of course he went for like 40 and I had somebody else for 15 who also hit that, but it was Tatum and, uh, Butler, fucked me i mean butler got hurt and tatum scored like 10 points that game then of course he turns around in game three and goes for 31 uh and what like eight rebounds or something something like that um but yeah as far as this miami boston series go goes um i i don't know this it's been really weird it's been they they blow each other out and then there hasn't really been anything close i I think the Celtics are a little bit better team, uh, but I if it may, but I think Miami plays better team basketball if that makes sense. Uh, they're they're really well coached, um, and but I mean Miami's problem that they, they're getting Kyle Lowry back, but then uh, what was it in game he's two? He, he's not doing anything. Bam Adebayo has that crazy game. Uh, what was it game two? 
where he just decided, okay, I'm actually going to shoot the ball now, and then turns around in in game three and only puts up, what I believe, like four shots again. So it's like he can't just keep being passive. Like somebody else besides Jimmy Butler is going to have to do it. Uh, we saw Victor Oladipo go for, what, 21 uh, or 20 uh, in, in game three. So, I mean, that's obviously a huge boost, but – I don't know. I, I I think we're setting up for Celtics and Warriors finals here. Uh, I won't be surprised if the Heat come back uh, and win the series. But uh, at this point, I think it's the Celtics series to lose. Yeah, actually, on Thursday, Max Struess, I, I forgot to say, Max Struess ruined one of my parlays. I had uh, Jimmy Butler and uh, I had Jimmy Butler and um, Jason Tatum on the over for points and Max Struess plus 11 and a half. Uh, so I needed Max Drews to just score 12 points in the game, and he mm-hmm. blew that for me too. Well, it, it, speaking of the Celtics and uh, and uh, Warriors, the Celtics are uh, – Celtics and uh, Heat, sorry. Miami okay, – the, the Golden State is far and away the, the highest favorite team. They're minus 150. The Celtics are now plus 250, and Miami Heat are plus 460. So last week, after uh, – after the Celtics lost game one in Miami, which, by the way, is not that big of a deal. It was a game on the road. They were supposed to lose that game anyway. If I were to predict if I were to predict the series, I wouldn't think they were going to win game one anyway. Like, I, I didn't think that really mattered. But last week, the Boston, I don't remember exactly what the odds were, but Boston was, uh, Miami was way ahead of Boston. This Now Boston jumped way ahead of Miami. Uh, even though the series is tied, uh, and so game five is tomorrow, right? I could be. Yep. Okay. So, yeah. So game five is tomorrow, even though they're tied and Miami has home court for game seven, despite that fact, my, uh, it, which is essentially not really any, each of them stole a game on the road, basically what you would have predicted it to be two and two after four games, but Boston is way ahead of Miami now. And it, that's just how the betters feel about it. I guess losing one game, uh, it was just too much. But it, I, I really like Boston. I I agree with you that Miami plays better team basketball than the Celtics. But I would rather have a team that is more talented than a team that plays better team basketball. Sure. Usually that works out a lot better than a team like Miami. I'm not saying they're bad. I just think the Celtics, by in any qualitative sense, are the better team even though they had a worse record. Right. And, I mean, the Celtics, you know, Marcus Smart's a little banged up. Robert Williams yeah. is a little banged up. Take that Although into consideration. they them when they didn't have Marcus Smart, so it right. didn't, didn't hurt him that much. I know. And, I mean, Miami's just really good defensively as well. They have a lot of tough matchups Both and just a lot, of, a lot of guys that just, you know, fill their role. Uh, really well. I, I too have bet on Max Truce, uh, <laughs> so I feel your pain. But uh, he, he's a he's an Illinois guy, so shout out, shout out him. He went to DePaul. Um, but but yeah, man. I mean, this series, I, I was I was pretty excited for. I mean, I, I mean, you're excited for every series, kind of like I mentioned earlier. And I'm still gonna watch it, but I'm, I'm a little bummed. Like I want some close games. I want some, yeah. you know, dramatics. Uh, you know, late games. Give me some buzzer beaters. Give me some tight fourth quarters. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, I kind of t- throw a little sprinkle on the Celtics to win it all, and Jason Tatum for uh Finals MVP. If you can get a a number on that, um, I do think if the Celtics win, I think they have enough to beat the Warriors. But at the same time. I would not be shocked at all if Golden State takes this home the way they're playing. We talked about team basketball. It's like watching them on offense and how in sync they all are is just a thing of beauty. The way the way they make back cuts, the way they just move in general uh, offensively, it, it is like a symphony sometimes. <laughs> then you have Steph Curry who knows the shots going in before he the before the ball even touches his hands. Uh, now you have Jordan Poole who just pulls up from like 40 feet and is absolute ice water uh, as well. Draymond's going to Draymond. Uh, he's going to yell at the refs. He's going to rebound. He's, yeah, he's going to – yeah, he's got – no, he's just got to get his first tech, and then he'll really start talking and he'll get comfortable because he just won't care. Uh, 
I mean, Clay, I, I mean, I feel like we're still waiting to see like a full Clay Thompson, you know, coming back from, from the injury this year. Obviously, you know, he's looked all right, but I mean, we're used to him, you know, keeping up with Steph almost uh, as as far as points go. But, you know, we see him, what, like 17, 18 points a game in the series, which obviously isn't bad. You'll take that anytime you can get it. But sometimes, you know, a guy he's been inconsistent. Uh, yeah, a guy as high of a caliber of player as uh, players that we hold in as high of regard that we do, Clay. We we just kind of expect more. Um, maybe that, and that could be to a fault. Get a little greedy. Um, but yeah, man, I I love what I've seen from the Warriors. I still, like I said, I still think the Celtics Miami series is. I'm not going to be shocked if it goes either way. I, I'm going to give the leg up to the Celtics. Um, excited to bet it the rest of the way. It is interesting the way that we've seen these lines kind of come out each game because it feels like, like I have no idea why the Mavericks were favored uh, in Game Three. Like, like I mentioned earlier, they were they were down, same they, reason yeah, they're favored now. Yeah, but uh, I mean, still. It's like we've you've seen what home court advantage has had did, did for them uh, in game three. You saw how well like the Warriors are clicking like and of course I took the bait and, and didn't take the Warriors at plus money. It's like if you ever see the Warriors at plus yeah. money, just <laughs> like, like, so stupid when we don't do yeah. that. I did the same thing. I, I, mean, I literally just have to like stop talking myself every bet that I talk myself out of hits every time and, of and course, every I, bet that you talk yourself into doesn't hit mm-hmm. yeah i'm just like no this there's i just don't see any way this won't hit it's like oh awesome uh <laughs> awesome but yeah man i mean this the mavericks I, are ahead right now by the way 37 31 oh yeah they're 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 clicking i mean but the warriors don't look bad it's just the mavericks are finally hitting these threes that they've struggled to hit uh, at like the first three games of this series, so I mean, I I just hope the NBA Finals are a little bit more competitive than we see uh, than we've seen so far uh, in the NBA playoffs. Yeah, well, tonight on the game going on right now, I have uh, Steph Curry over three and a half threes. He has one so far. Uh, Wiggins over. Uh, I need him to make two uh, two threes, and Luka Doncic over thirty four and a half points. Good luck, so far. Man. Not looking great. Luka Doncic only has seven points right now, but yeah. I've never gone wrong with I haven't I've never gone wrong so far with a Luka Doncic with a pro Luka Doncic bet or a pro Steph Curry bet. Both of those types of bets have always won me money. So I'm still ride or die with the Luka and the Steph Curry bets because both of those have always been working. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's kind of like, I mean, I love that philosophy not just during the playoffs, but during the regular season, just bet on the star players. Like they're more than likely also way more fun to root for the star players to score Mm -hmm. than it is to like bet in under or not bet on it. It's more, it's even more fun than betting spreads. Yeah. Rooting for Luka Doncic or Steph Curry to finally hit that three. And then, you know, you got, you kind of target your role player guys who, you know, you, and that's, that's the thing. Like you talked about, okay, they hit for me once. Like you just blindly t- tail them. It, that's how you start betting on like, you know, Reggie Bullock will have a fucking hot, hot game and then he'll go over 10 the next one. And it's like, no, he's dead to me. I don't know how many times I've said Reggie Bullock is dead to me and I won't bet on, my, <laughs> bet on him again. And then I'll see him in a, I'll see somebody do like a write up or something about him. And I'm like, all right, I'm back in. It's the, it's that, it's that meme where it's like uh, I'm back to my old ways or whatever. Oh, shit. But, yeah, it's – I don't know, man. Prop bets have been crazy. Like the the popularity that it's gained, like you see – fucking, there's probably a million gambling Twitter accounts these days that are all cappers and, and will throw out their prop bets. We have – you have websites that are dedicated to it now, like props.cash. People have um, careers dedicated. To yeah, it. careers like just the boom of gambling and how it's not technically every everywhere, but, I mean, it's almost essentially everywhere. I mean, it just makes it so much more fun to watch a game, even if it's, you know, de- 
depending on you know what your unit size is, even even if you put ten dollars on a game, that's why that's why these prop it's bets still have, part of the thrill of it, even though ten dollars is not that much money to most right. people. But then, like you talked about earlier, you turned ten dollars. You you put you know you did seven times your money into, yeah. into seventy seven. That's when you get the itch. You're like, all right, let's do that again. Yeah, and that's why these prop bets and these same game parlays have been awesome because you can you know you can put four legs together you can put eight legs together all for one game and you just root for even if it's not a close game you don't have to root for one side to win like one side winning or losing doesn't make or break you uh it's just all right how many threes this guy hit how many rebounds this guy grab all that stuff and i my problem with with that is i hate taking unders even for these props because i'm like i don't know like i every i feel like every time i take an under it's like oh no dude that definitely is gonna smash he's gonna go over um but then if i would just take an under on like 30 or 40 percent of the (laughs) of the things i pick i feel like it would be fine or i really like we talked about earlier i just every parlay i put in just flip flop just do the exact fucking opposite of of what i'm thinking (laughs) it'll probably hit yeah yeah there is a lot of that i've been doing a lot of jason tatum bets too for the most part they've worked but last week i would have won 150 dollars if jason tatum had scored 30 points instead of 29 points if he had scored one more point i would have won 150 dollars everything else in the parlay hit and just that one thing i just needed tatum to like not rest so much in the third quarter and Peyton Pritchard to not take so many stupid shots, and maybe Tatum would have been able to take a shot and maybe score. Maybe I would have had something, but it, it was right. just torture watching that at the very end when I was that close. That might have been the worst beat I ever had. I, I did a whole show about it last week. But I'd rather lose it by a million than lose it by just one point. It's just those are the worst. I've had so many of those where I just need one three. I mean, this guy needs to fucking, I need one assist or so. I think assists are the worst ones because you're just like, you're relying on somebody, whoever he's passing it to, to knock yeah. it down. Like, especially like Luca assists in this uh, playoffs have fucked me because his teammates just have not been, they've been missing wide open shots on like easy, just straight passes from Luca that would have would have paid me out so much money. Um I I mean the playoffs they've been all right to me. I probably broke about even. Um but I did have a nice weekend uh betting on the Premier League in, in soccer. It was their final you on, Do you watch soccer at all? Not not really. I just saw one of these guys I follow on Twitter just started a Twitter space and I wasn't doing anything on Sunday. I was just up with my daughter. Uh, so I turned it on. I was like, I don't know. I want something to bet on. Like uh, all these games started at 10 a.m. on Sunday. So it was like, it was nuts. It's like, uh, it was like an NFL Sunday, like all, basically red, like just throw on red zone and just root for goals. But <laughs> so uh, I'll give these guys credit. I, I don't remember all of their ads, but they were pretty fucking spot on. So I just followed basically whatever they said. Um, because we've spoken on here before about not wanting to pay for picks. I'll take free picks any yeah, day. I'll usually take free picks. Uh, I'm not willing to pay you yeah. to give me picks because I don't – you have to show me you're a guru first. Right. <laughs> so I hit a couple of straights because the best thing, if you've never bet soccer before, so the normal line is you, you bet them to win in regulation, and most of the time both of the teams are plus money. So I hit on, ah, oh, fuck. I don't even remember what, what it was. I think it was Newcastle. Uh, they were plus 275. I had them money line. And then I took this uh, six-leg parlay that was basically all of the heavy favorites that, like, needed a win on that Sunday because this was the last day of the Premier League season. And um, that was, like, 30 I put like 35 to win 150 or something on it. And it was down to the last leg and Manchester city scored five or no, they scored three goals in five minutes to win the premier league championship. Um, who, uh, there was one other 
somebody else. Liverpool had a late goal too to kind of to seal it. So it was thrilling. I didn't even watch like all of the games. I was mostly just following them on the score app. Um, <laughs> but it, it was electric, and I ended up making like two hundred bucks or something. And that's my favorite thing is when you like just see like you blindly tail a pick or it's like as degenerate as I am, I need something to gamble on at 10 AM on a Sunday. Um, and yeah, but it, that, that made me money and it definitely hurt my losses from the previous night on, on basketball. So. I think the best feeling is when you outsmart the betting apps. I think I would say that's the best feeling. It's like, eh, I think I'll take this and eh, I think I'll take that. Like you don't just, take a random parlay that they right. give you because i don't like oh, like never take never take the i never take them because it's always consistently it's always like a bunch of players like four different players in the game and it's like all overs like you're telling me all of these players are going to hit over i just don't i, I honestly don't trust it mm-hmm. so i just do my own thing i might say you know what i like that pick but i don't like that one so i just kind of go and create my own thing that's usually how i do it yeah, I like to do that too. I think I've taken one of those, like the ones at the top where it's like 1,400 people placed this. And it was literally because it was this guy's parlay that I follow on Twitter. Like he had that many people following him, put it in that it got to be like a featured one. And I actually think it ended up hitting that night. But like I most of the time I know what you're saying. And – my kind of strategy when I'm building these, uh, obviously it, it depends on what I'm doing and if I'm drunk or, or whatever, <laughs> uh, how reckless I get with these. But I think the one of the most fun ways is like pick one guy over points, take one guy over assists, take one guy over rebounds, take one guy over, you know, threes. You don't have to do Unless all of those. Obviously. Don't do that one. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, and kind of mix it up so you're not rooting for, you know, oh, I need this guy to grab rebounds, but I also need this guy to grab rebounds. You're not rooting for, like, I, I don't know. if it, I, it, it Does that make sense? Um, you know, I see, I see what you're saying. It, it's weird when you have this weird conflicting interest. You're like, I want the Celtics to win, but I really need Jimmy Butler to score. Yeah. It, it's that weird kind of thing. You do the math in your head. Well, if Jimmy Butler scores – and then the Celtics score after it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, right. like, right. and then uh, you just do this whole scenario, plan out this whole scenario in your head. And by the time you're done thinking, the game's over. Like that's that's kind of then, what it's like gambling on basketball. Another one I like to do is man, we've talked about it on this show before, is is just the Luca parlays. You can do it with any star player, like you said, Steph Curry. Just if you know what they're good at, Luca just happens to be good at pretty much everything. He can score, he can pass, he can rebound. And he can shoot threes, so I usually, you know, take Luca to score thirty. Yeah, grab eight. Well, I always take the over six. I, I am yeah. always, I always lean on the side of Luca in all of these parlays. Yeah, except right. assists. Don't take Luca with with assists. His teammates aren't I've, good enough to score. I've learned Don't that. Don't do it with assists. I've learned that these else. past couple games, um, to to back up, back off on the assists, or even if they, I mean, I if they had his assist total up to like nine and a half. Uh, this this series, I would just hammer the under on that, um, or like Giannis is an, is a great do, great one to do it for. And LeBron, Kevin Durant, literally any superstar, like especially if it's a primetime game, they are most likely going to get theirs. Like especially even yeah. if you just play it off of their season averages, like you're gonna be in the plus money. Um, it's just being strategic about you know combining. What? Because I and like how, you know, crazy you get because obviously, you know, you could put, you know, 10, 10 boards, 10 assists, all that good shit. And, you know, you're going to get a better number on it. But sometimes I'd rather just play it safe and go, you know, six assists, six boards, 25 points. Yeah, because then, then you're like, because then if it doesn't hit, then you're like kicking yourself. Like, I should have just done the easier one. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, but. At the same time, the opposite happens, too. And I think, well, why didn't I – like, last week I was like, well, why didn't I take Luka Doncic 35 points? Yeah. Like, as he scored like over 40, I was like, well, I should have known he was going to score 40. Like, in hindsight, you start to really hold yourself to really unrealistic standards sometimes. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. I've yeah. definitely done that, too. Um, I think laddering is really fun, too. What's that? So if, 
so it's like you'll take on FanDuel. So you'd take like, let's say tonight. Uh, I forgot what Jordan Poole's uh, over. Uh, I forgot what his over under was. I was throughout the series. It's been like 15 and a half, 16 and a half. So you take the over you take. So you'd take over 15 and a half. Then you'd take Jordan Poole. The, these are all straights. Then you'd take Jordan Poole 20 plus to get it at a plus number. So you'd do the first one at a full unit. Then you'd go like half a unit. And then as you go up, you could do, you know, a quarter of a unit or however you want to do it. But basically 15 plus, 20 plus, 25 plus. Like, so if you think a guy is going to go off, but also, you know, let's say he doesn't fully get to, you know, 30 points where you could get it at, let's say, plus 800 to a plus 1,000. Uh, but he still does hit, you know, 20, which will probably be at, what, plus 200 or something like that. So you still make money, but if, you know, he completes the full ladder, like you you get those Buku bucks. Oh, I see. I, I see what you mean. I've never done one. I should probably try it. Uh, yeah, and it doesn't have to just be, like, on points, but it's like you could, do, you could do it with rebounds or assists, too. It's like if you think – if you're – like, let's just say you're super confident in a guy um, – but it's almost like giving yourself insurance. I mean, you're going to be betting a little bit more, obviously, depending on you know how much you you decide to put on each one. I I like to go a even start at like a unit and a half or two units, then go down to one, and you know depending on the numbers you're getting. But and I don't know. I, that's also a fun way of betting because it's like you can root for different. Obviously, you're rooting for him to get all the way, but there's still different moments across the across the game. It's like, oh shit, he hit 15. Now let's get to 20. All right, let's get up to 25. Um, and you're still kind of you're still winning money or at least breaking even uh, right. if uh, if he doesn't get all the way up there on on ladders. Which those are something I just kind of learned about this uh, season. Yeah, well, I do want to get into parlay of the week. Uh, well, your parlay first. Uh, uh, hold on a second. Cubs, uh, this looks like a, yeah, an all-baseball money line, greasy, uh, not greasy, but all-baseball parlay. Not greasy. It's a little. Not greasy. There's a couple of. It's plus, a little. I tried pluses. to throw some plus signs in here. This is for um, the 25th. These games are all happening on the 25th on, uh, what is it, Wednesday? Tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. So I'm taking the Cubs because I just feel like if whatever team is playing the Reds, if you can get them at plus money, just hammer it. The Cubs all uh, do the Cubs have could pitch a no hitter and lose. Right. I, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, the Reds. The Reds could pitch a no hitter. Yeah. Uh, and they have Kyle Hendricks on the mound, who Kyle Hendricks has been a solid pitcher for quite a few years now. Uh, Dodgers run line. I mean, Dodgers run line has been like the most profitable bet in baseball all season so far. They've just been absolutely destroying teams. They've got, uh, Urias on the mound tomorrow. He's been, uh, he's had a great season so far this year. He's been absolutely shoving, uh, Rays over the Marlins. Fuck. I forgot who's pitching, but I mean, the Rays are the Rays, the Marlins, the Marlins. This one, I kind of just threw in here because I needed a fourth. If I'm being super honest with with, with us here, um, and then Phillies over the Braves, uh, the Braves got have Charlie Morton on the mound. I think the Phillies just hit the shit out of the ball. I'm gonna take them at plus money. I like that. I don't think the Braves are they're they're kind of in a, uh, a uh, they're having a hang a championship hangover season. Yeah, well, every uh, team seems to have that. Absolutely. So that's well, uh, plus twelve hundred. So ten to win one twenty. A uh, little baseball action. I So we got baseball tomorrow, and then obviously the Celtics and the Heat, which I totally yeah. forgot about when I was making my parlay because <laughs> I probably would have done a basketball one, but it's all yeah. right. <laughs> well, I, I have a mix of baseball and basketball. Um, nice. Uh, right here I got, okay, the Celtics minus one and a half. Uh, it's interesting that – I thought it was interesting that the Celtics – were favored only by a little bit because they always seem whenever they're favored, it seems like they're favored by a lot. I don't know if yeah. you noticed that, but whenever they're either not, they're either underdogs or they're favored by like six, seven, eight points for some reason. I guess right. because they said they tend to win by a lot, and I have a lot of faith in the Celtics right now, even though I don't like them. I'm a Nick fan. I root against the Celtics, but I, I just that's why I think is good. I, I think they should be able to cover one and a half points. 
Tatum over 28 and a half points. Like I said, Tatum bets have worked for me for the most part, except for that one. Tatum bets have worked. Bam Adebayo over eight and a half rebounds. I feel like you could put the over under for 13 rebounds for Bam Adebayo and I would take it. Um, like, <laughs> like I just have so much faith in him and I have the Mets money line. They're playing Chris Bassett is pitching against uh, Logan Webb uh, on the Giants. And the Mets have been great this year. So I, I'm a Met fan, so I don't see why not. Uh, I, I mean, the Mets, they were plus money. And pretty recently, they killed the Giants. So if you ask me, the Mets plus money is actually a pretty good, uh, pretty good deal. Right. Yep, absolutely. The Mets have been one of the cool, cooler stories uh, in the MLB this year. It's been nice to see Mets fans not just absolutely, I mean, to, unless you're Frank the Tank, uh, just <laughs> negative as fuck. And actually have, have something to kind his of root live for. videos. Uh, some of them, yeah. It's just, it's like, get a grip, dude. Like, and then he goes, I've always, he acts like he's the only Met fan who's like had their heart broken, like <laughs> by their team. It's like, dude, it's your literally every sports fan. It's, <laughs> you know, it's like he would just, be negative when the Mets, like, he would say the season's over if they lose a game. Oh, yeah, no, it, one game. The best teams ever lose a whole bunch of games. Yeah, you know, the one game, it's like, oh, here we go. We're going to lose the series. It's going to be 10 to 2, 11 to 1, 15 to 0. And it's like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? And it's like, it's, it's like, do you want them to win or you want them to keep losing so you can keep fucking bitching? Like, that is, <laughs> that's the energy that, that he gives off. Even KFC was yelling at him. Oh, no. Like, KFC. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up, Frank. Shut the. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag Frank was wrong. But it, it's just, it's cool to see. And it's got to be cool for you, especially as a Mets fan. You know, you have an owner that actually kind of gives a shit. It's like, yeah, I'm going to spend some fucking money. He gives and, a shit and, and he knows how to spend money. And, and, and we're going to win. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you guys, and especially if you get your, your one and two starters back, you know, uh, in your rotation, you know, watch the fuck out. Um, I'm a Cardinals fan, and we've had, it's been an okay season so far. You know, I'm actually going on hitting for the cycle with Hank and Dick Dorr. Uh, this week, I'm doubling up on my review and preview appearances uh, <laughs> to talk Cardinals later this week. So make sure to check that out. Um, they've had some injuries. They've had some send downs. Had a couple young guys making a splash. Um, Nolan Gorman, who's our number two rated prospect, I think. Uh, he's an infielder. He was like leading like all of baseball with like 14 home runs like a month into the season. We didn't call him up because we wanted to, you know, get an extra. We waited. He he basically got Chris Bryanted, if you remember that. Like he, he, they kept him down for an extra whatever month or week or whatever it was, so we get an extra year of control, which that really sucks. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't suck for the organization. Obviously, I I want this guy around, especially if he's such a highly rated prospect. Um, but I just hate how they can, you know make that decision like one week like decides a whole extra year of control on on a rookie's contract just doesn't seem yeah. right but that's neither here nor there um go Mets and I guess fuck go not many Cardinals fans have said that right no, <laughs> right no that's uh, except fuck Pete Alonzo that pussy uh <laughs> <laughs> putting all these dudes in the hospital and <laughs> by a fucking first base coach um no i mean i don't really i i don't i don't hold any mate i don't hold any hatred for the mets really i mean i know i, I don't know I'm, i i guess i just don't care that much <laughs> i don't care that much about it but i mean well i'm never gonna forget you know the way no strikeout and then obviously there's history no, 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 no. you're you know we're never gonna forget that strikeout <laughs> Uh, and then I mean, there, I mean, there's history in this series going back before you and I were born, too. So, I mean, sure, there's always going to be some Mets Cardinals stuff, but I mean, they're in your parlay, so I'll, I'll root for them to win tomorrow. Yeah. And I mean, I got to root for the Cubs to win tomorrow, too. Yeah, that's and, way worse. <laughs> exactly. So, but anyway. Yeah, um, I'm sure you saw this. Uh, oh, Nick God. Saban is in a feud with Jimbo Fisher. 
Um, I love, first of all, obviously Nick Saban, I would say, is the best football coach around. Um, I think he's amazing. Uh, but l- let me just read this quote for you. So, like, I don't want to paraphrase what he said. Here's, mm-hmm. here's what he said. He said, I know the consequence is going to be difficult for the people who are spending tons of money to get players. You read about it. You know who they are. They were second in, re- in recruiting last year. A&M was first. A&M bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image, and likeness. What I find so funny about the level of the way that buying players is stigmatized in college football right now, because I mean, they're not even directly buying them technically. I mean, if anything, they would just get more endorsement money because of the name, image, and likeness of a team, which I can't think of a better example of name, image, and likeness making a lot of money for an athlete than Alabama. I mean, that's a better example. But the weird thing about that, about that saying is, Oh, you buy players. That's so terrible. No, you can't technic. You can't directly buy players, but you can buy coaches who then get you the players. So you can kind of indirectly get around that and buy players just indirectly. I I just find that to be really strange. You can't buy a player, but you can buy Brian Kelly and you can buy um, Lincoln Riley who are going to get you a bunch of recruits. It's effectively the same thing. Your boosters are the ones buying players. Like, it's the funniest thing ever that Nick Saban is talking shit about buying buying players. Do you think every kid, from like, cares about Alabama enough to go there? Like, you're telling me kids from the middle of California loved Alabama football to the core? So they that's why they decided to go there because of their love for the university? No, it's because you have boosters that are throwing them a fucking big bag of cash and some uh, some cars and i mean on the jimbo fisher side it's pretty hilarious that yeah you just have to pay these 18 year old kids a million dollars and they would gladly go live in college station if there was no money involved they, they wouldn't be going there um <laughs> i mean again that's neither here nor there but i think these coaches are just on they're having a power trip right now they're just like they're like these old dudes that are used to just telling these teenagers what to do. Now they're scared about all this money. And then it was, it was hilarious that Nick Saban's like, man, I, I, I think there should be parody in college football. You've lost 25 games your entire. <laughs> yeah. Like Nick Saban of all people like, saying there should be parody in college football. It's a joke. What are you talking about? Like it, <laughs> There's a four-team playoff, and we know three of the four teams that are going almost every year. Like, what? What do you mean? Um, this is just this is just like an old man yelling at cloud type situation <laughs> for me. Um, because it's like everybody's doing it. You were paying players before the NIL deal under the table. Now it's legal, so now you want to bitch about it. Oh, and he comes out. What did he? He was on the Joe Buck like PGA Championship uh, like Manning cast thing that they did, the alternate broadcast that they did on ESPN two. And he was like, "Oh, I didn't mean to call anybody out or anything." And then he's fucking talking about um, Deion Sanders out of nowhere. He's like, "Oh, Jackson State's playing." paying a guy a million dollars that's in writing that was on a message board uh, an fsu uh, uh, <laughs> from an fsu fan like an unverified source that dion's like i'm not even getting paid a million dollars like he's making like 600k a year at, at jackson state they don't like i guarantee you this kid sure he's get, he could be getting nil money but it, if that's the landscape of the of college football that's what it is I mean, these college coaches, Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney, Jimbo Fisher is getting paid. They're, they are getting paid obscene amounts of money. Most of these, like, college football co- like, name a big state, like a big state school. Their college football coach is probably the highest paid state employee yeah, in 90% much. of the states in in, in America. Uh, so it's like, for these guys, it's just hilarious for these guys to be bitching about anybody else getting paid it, yeah. it's it's like this is the game now you like it or leave and, and and i think we're seeing that with uh college basketball coaches as well that are kind of like they're either it's you know it's you either kind of adjust to 
the way things are going now or you retire. <laughs> um, so, I mean, as far as this yeah. Nick Saban Jimbo thing goes, I don't know if I take anybody's side here. Uh, I don't think Jimbo did anything wrong. Why wouldn't you get your recruits huge NIL deals when <laughs> if that's like a, an option to make yeah, your team better? If, like, what? If you think about it for a second, coaches have in the past have done everything to get recruits. Remember Jim Harbaugh? Uh, slept at a player. He had a slumber party with a kicker. Mm-hmm. He slept at his house and made, to get him to switch uh, being a recruit from Penn State to Michigan. Uh, I mean, what's a, also you also have to think of it this way: What's a better system? A system where coaches are secretly paying players under the table, or a system where they can help you get money through their branding? through endorsements in the same way Olympic athletes get make money. Exactly. But it, it's all out in the open. They're not doing anything illegal. Obviously, the latter is the better system to most people. Uh, that seems pretty obvious. You know what I think? So, Nick's, we all know how much Nick Saban hates to lose. We talked about it earlier. He's only lost 25 times. Like I don't yeah. know if that's in his college coaching career or just his coaching career at Alabama. Um, I think. I feel like it might be just his entire coaching career. I think I think there's um, no way he lost 25 times at Alabama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. So he lost the national championship game to Georgia, obviously a rival. Now his recruiting class is number two to Texas A&M. He just he hates to lose. Long. He just hates to lose, and he's pissed off about it. So that's why he's chirping Jimbo. And then, <laughs> I don't know. And it props to Jimbo. It means he's doing something right. Whoever thought they could beat Alabama in a recruiting class. All that being said, oh, it they also beat Alabama this past year. Hmm? They also beat Alabama this past year. That too. He lost to Jimbo Fisher twice, which honestly, like I was about to say, that's what matters. If you have a number one recruiting class like Michigan has for many, many years and you don't do anything, it doesn't matter if you have the number one recruiting class if you're not winning games with it. Right. So. Ultimately, you have to actually do something with that number one recruiting class other than just that itself. But that's just – there's all sorts of these advantages in college football. Like I also think that it's not just the branding that's an advantage. It's also where you are geographically. Oh, for sure. Like good luck outside of Southern California trying to get top recruits from USC. USC has those recruits on lockdown now because they have Lincoln, especially now because they have Lincoln Riley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, and it's also, it's like, as far as these recruits go, it's not always just the money. We've seen some guys enter the transfer portal that say, Oh, I had this school offer me a X amount NIL deal to come transfer there. Yeah. And I said, no, I came back to school Yada, yada, yada. A lot of it has to do with, okay, how many draft picks has this school produced in the last five years? Uh, how are their facilities? What's their uh, game at? Like, what's their game day atmosphere like? Do the fans actually give a shit? Uh, what's the, you know, what's the locker room like? Uh, what's the ca- actual campus like? I'm not trying to say, I don't want to make it sound like I think all the, like, it always just comes down to money. Do I think the money in the NIL deals are, becoming a big factor in it absolutely but there definitely are like there is something to be said about getting a guy on campus getting him on campus for a game day and kind of letting him letting him experience that uh and and for like run-of-the-mill programs you know like illinois like i root for that i mean they still have to do that they still have to nail that when you're in alabama you don't really have to nail the visit you know you kind of just show them around yeah and i'm sure they take care of their 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 recruits and then it's like okay where do i sign like alabama's interested in me hell yeah like and you talked about it it's a lot of it is a brand name that is college football it's you have the alabamas the georgias the usc the notre dame um fucking i'm I'm, oregon's become a huge brand the ohio state university michigan um just these blue bloods uh if you will so i don't, I don't know i i just think it's only going to get more it's, it's only become, become i don't know if like wild west is the right term here but i just feel like it's just the nil deal i don't know if it's just going to become more and more of a gray area or just more and more like like it 
it's just what it's going to come down to for some of these teams. And I think if you're a coach, you either adjust and adapt to it or you get left in the dust. And by the way, I think Nick Saban will adjust. He's adjusted to everything. People have said in the past, not not too long ago, even that Nick Saban's uh, dynasty is over. He's not going to be as dominant as he used to be. Obviously, they were wrong. This shouldn't be a difficult thing for him to adjust to anyway by his own standards. Like, it's just weird to me that he would come out and say those things. I think you're right. I think he's just cranky that he lost. He hates losing. He sounds like an old man yelling at the clouds, basically. Uh, Get off my lawn type kind of guy. You said it. You said it earlier. Like, he's on. I mean, in my mind, he's the greatest college coach of all time. It's like, what are you just bored during the offseason? Like, you just trying to start some shit? Like, it doesn't. I mean, I don't know if it doesn't make sense is the right word, but it's like, why? Like, I, I just, I don't know. It, it, and then to just try to brush it off and be like, oh, I wasn't trying to offend anybody. Or like, I wasn't, I wasn't like trying to talk shit. It's like, well, then what were you he trying to do? He singled yeah. out Texas A&M. Yeah, yeah. You, you said specific names and like what they're doing. Like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, Jordan Addison. Uh, well, I mean, he's to USC, we know that, but he apparently got a $3.5 million NIL deal to go to USC. That is wild. That That is wild money for a college player. Uh, he's getting paid more. I saw he's getting paid more in endorsements than Juju Smith-Schuster is being paid. By the <laughs> I mean, that's insane. And I, I mean, we've seen, you see how valuable these you know student athletes have become to these universities i mean if you've got boosters and you've got local businesses or whatever that are willing to dish out the 3.5 million can you blame the guy for transferring from pittsburgh who i mean i will give them credit they had a great season this past year i mean they were the acc champions um and obviously that place means a lot to him but it's just oh th- three three and a half million dollars southern california I'm sure he would still be getting NIL. I'm sure Pittsburgh tried to put together a package for him, but it's like three and a half million dollars in Southern California sounds pretty right to me. Um, so I, I think like we've heard it from, from other guys that said they got offered from a couple schools to enter the portal, which that, that to me feels shady. I don't know if you should be able to do that. I feel like once a guy enters the portal, you, you know, you, then you give him these, these offers, but Obviously, once these kids even have any thought of transferring, there's somebody in their ear. There's somebody knows about it. And, I mean, there's people reaching out. Like, this coaching, is especially, I mean, at any level, really, if you're talking about the pros or college, it's become a fraternity, pretty much. It's like you you get fired one place. Oh, you definitely, you probably know a guy somewhere else that can get yeah. you on. Um, and, and, I mean, I think that's true for players. We see guys follow their coaches sometimes, but I don't know. It's just, it's, this Happens all whole, the time. It, it's, I, I'm not surprised by this. This was this Jordan Addison stuff has been rumored for a couple months now before he finally kind of went public with it. Uh, but good for him. You wish him all the best. You hope it's the right move. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's these guys' careers. So if they think it's what's right yeah. for them moving forward, I mean, who's stopping them? I mean, there's always the saying the grass isn't always greener. Uh, there are you do see some guys who who transfer somewhere. It's not all cut out, and then they go they transfer again. Which at that point, it's like, what do you uh, is is transferring three times? Like, what is that? It just gets to be a lot, and it, it, I think we're gonna just keep seeing it. You start seeing uh, these mid major guys who just go off, you know, have incredible seasons. They walk into their coach's office and. They're like, hey, man, thank you for everything. I love it here. I love yeah, everything we built. Thanks, thanks for what you did. Thanks for everything you did. Now I'm, I'm going to transfer. I'm going to go take this opportunity. Thank you so much. When normally the coaches are used to the guys walking in there and going, fuck you. You didn't play me enough. I'm out of here. You know? So it's just like the whole landscape of it has changed. It's, it's very – and it's going to be, all right, whatever coach, whatever uh, a- athletic department, whatever boosters – kind of open up the pockets and adjust to this is uh it is going to you know win i guess um 
obviously there's still going to be loyalties and stuff. You know, some people want to go to the same college as their parents or if they've yeah. got in the family and stuff or like growing that. Up, they were really big fans or, of that school. Right. Um, I think the one thing we might run into with the transfer portal, it's like there is a lot of money that from, you know, you're getting from boosters, but how many years in a row do they want to like dish out, you know, $100,000 for, a, let's say they do it and the guy go, turns around and transfers the next year. Like, I don't think they'll be as quick to open up their wallets, you, you know, if if they're afraid that, you know, their players are going to transfer away uh, yeah. again. Yeah. So. There was a lot of that, um, although, I mean, that's on them. For sure. I mean, for like, sure. a pretty good situation. Yeah. I mean, it was a pretty good situation for college athletes before getting paid, but, like, now it's especially better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I wonder how much this is going to affect. I mean, I wonder, I didn't look at this. I just thought of this. I wonder how much this is going to affect the betting odds for who wins the Pac-12. Just the fact that they got Lincoln Riley, they have Jordan Addison, USC looks like they're going to be back. I don't want to. I don't want to sound. I don't want to make it sound like I'm talking about Texas. Like they're back and then they're not back, and then they're back again. I don't want to make it sound like that, but I don't know. I think this might actually have a pretty big impact on the betting aspect of things. Yeah, and I don't really know. So if you if we look at the Pac-12, I wouldn't be surprised if they get some love. Oregon's got a first-year head coach in in Dan Lanning. Um, I mean, Washington. I'm not gonna pretend like I know everything. Washington State's got a new head coach. Oregon State's okay. No, uh, obviously you have Cal, who Stanford. They haven't been. St- haven't really felt like a true, you know, Stanford team in a while. Um, yeah, I mean, UCLA, UCLA could be solid. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if UFC uh, takes over, like, as the betting favorite in the Pac-12. Um, but also, you sh- like, it, I don't think we should be expecting everything, all of USC's problems to be fixed overnight. Like, yes, they got no. Lincoln Riley. Yes, they're bringing these guys in. But also, you know, this is his first year. This is a team that we've seen go, what, barely over 500 the past few seasons. Like, there are problems there. Their offensive linemen, or their offensive line in general has just struggled to develop. They bring in these four or five-star kids from South uh, – not from South uh, – Southern California, not South California, (laughs) Uh, Southern California. They just didn't really seem to pan out. So, I mean, I don't know if anybody can do it. I think I'm pretty confident in Lincoln Riley. Like we've seen his track record and what he was was able to do at Oklahoma. Um, Yes, he did inherit a lot of stuff from Stoops, but he's still a damn good uh, football coach. I'm excited to see what he can do. At USC, obviously, he brings over Caleb Williams, who had an awesome year at Oklahoma last year. Be excited to see what he can do uh, in this new offense. Then you get him a shiny new toy in, in Jordan Addison, who's going to step in and be their number one receiver right away. So, yeah, because uh, for all our lives, USC—I mean, I would say all our lives—but in the past, I'm trying to think, the past 15 years or so, when's the last time USC was like a really, really good team? The last time USC was. Oh, the strongest I can remember USC being was in 2017. So about four years ago, USC was a very good, but they were nowhere near like, like the top tier, like they used to be like, not mm-hmm. like the Rose bowl team, like it, not like the two, it, not like uh, the, the team that was rivals with Texas, not like that USC team. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see. All right. Uh, thanks for coming on, Andy. Um, it's always a pleasure to have you. Yes, sir. Um, Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, I'll be back next Wednesday.